Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Happy July 4th. Yes, to you and yours. I hope that people listen to this long, in-depth conversation with Styles P as fireworks go off in the background, lighting up the sky, really highlighting this erudite and esoteric conversation with one of Rap's greats. That's right. And we celebrated another one of Rap's greats this past Thursday at New York City's 4040 Club. Yes, Jay-Z lives there. Well, he doesn't live there, but... No, it's like when a teacher lives under their desk. He invited, and I'm going to say he invited, Mm -hmm. I trust he invited a million of his friends, including us... No, very, very exclusive club. ...down to the 4040 Club to celebrate the launch of his new album, and what they were going to do was, as far as I knew, play the album before anywhere else. Yeah, well, guess what? They were going to actually play it at midnight, as I guessed. Who knew? And so I did. And so we went down at 10 because we get everywhere early, and we get there, and they're playing all of Jay-Z's songs from from his entire career. And I do want to say, this is something that I love. Like, we go to all these listening parties, and, you know, people go, and we've talked about this before, people go to just socialize. Yeah. People are there to eat hors d'oeuvres, people are there to drink drinks, and people are there to chat up people that they haven't seen since yesterday. Oh, and by the way, the two of us are great at chatting up people we haven't seen since yesterday. Like, let's not, like... Sell ourselves short? Yeah. Yeah. So, we went there thinking that this would be different, and it was different, and what I really liked about it was that they were playing, like Jeff said, all of Jay-Z's catalog, basically, in two hours, and the crowd rapped every single lyric out loud with excitement, along with everyone to their left and everyone to their right, and I thought that was really awesome. It was genuine, it was dope, and we were there to celebrate something that... Hadn't happened in four years, Jay-Z putting out a new album. So midnight comes around, and the lights come down, the screens light up. And by the way, this could have been a visual album. We didn't know what we were about to experience. Yeah, we didn't know if Mahershala Ali was about to act out Jay-Z's youth. We didn't know what it was. So Elliot Wilson gets on the microphone and says, are you ready? And we were like, "Yes." yes. And then the music doesn't play. So we're standing right by the DJ booth, and we can see three things. Number one, they don't have Wi-Fi. Big problem. Yeah, but they did tell us the Wi-Fi password because we could overhear it. It's <laughs> Carter4040. <laughs> Number two is that they didn't have Flash. So they downloaded Flash right in front of us. Yeah, we got that on our Instagram uh, and story. everybody is waiting. Like, the place <laughs> is packed waiting for Flash to download well, and update. Yeah, well, luckily, the entire club did not know that that was happening. <laughs> right. They just knew that there was an issue. And number three, yeah. no one had a title password. So we were like, you know what? This is this is not how we wanted to enjoy this album. Eventually, someone did run down and yell into the DJ booth and say, plug the fucking phone in. So we were like, this is great. I'm glad that we <laughs> celebrated with everyone. Let's go home and listen on headphones. Now, we did listen on headphones, and the album is... It's it's um, I think it's yeah, a work I think we're of gonna art. Be, we are going to be the first two people to say it's really good. It's really it's good. It's a really good album. You guys, you guys should, go should check it out. <laughs> check it out. And now it's streaming on all streaming services. And what's really awesome is that you not only can listen to the album and make your own assumptions on what went on, you can not only read about what No ID has been saying in the New York Times and Rolling Stone and everywhere, but... On July 26th. Ooh, this is a smooth transition. Thank you very much. July 26th at the Highline Ballroom, we are bringing together a bunch of people who were involved in this project and, even better than that, can talk about the entire history of Rockefeller Records. We're talking Lenny S., Young Guru, Shaka Pilgrim, Just Blaze, Freeway, 
Who else am I forgetting? Embry Jones. And many more. <laughs> this July 26th is going down. It's going to be a big live podcast, a waste of time with all those people. One more time. Young Guru, Lenny S, Just Blaze, Emery Jones, Shaka Pilgrim Freeway. And, and many more. <laughs> is it funny the second time? It's, it's better the second time. Okay. It's the real.com is where you can go get tickets. It's going to be an amazing night talking everything from the very beginning, the bubble-eyed bends all the way to the... The, the buses wrapped in 444 signage. Jeff, you'll be there. I will be there. Apparently, there are deals where you can buy tickets that you can take pictures with us before the show. Oh, who wouldn't want that? Actually, you want to know what? That's the quickest moving ticket right now. That's pretty awesome. Shout out to everybody who's bought tickets. Shout out to everybody who's going to buy tickets. Don't wait. This will sell out. And today on the podcast, we have... We have Styles P from The Lock. Hey! But most importantly, from Westchester, hey. New York. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we get to talk about a lot of Westchester stuff. We get to talk about his beginnings under under Puff. The Rough Rider days. He tells the best stories about DMX, and he won't tell us Black Rob stories. So we're going to get Black Rob on the podcast. Right, that's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> but he talks about Jada, he talks about Sheik, he talks about all the Rough Riders, all the bad boy people... Um, he talks about stealing shit a lot. He does, you know. But that, I mean, there's just so good. There's such it, good stories. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. It's a great episode. We're so happy. Shout out to everybody who wanted to get Styles up here. We finally made it happen. And by the way, the best dude. Also, he smokes some very good weed. <laughs> when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka First Impression, aka Don't Blow My High. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Long Island Iced Tea, aka Lawn Order Massapequa. Yo, 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 it's Ghost, <laughs> a.k.a. Styles P, a.k.a. Space Ghost, a.k.a. Phantom, a.k.a. P, a.k.a. Holiday, a.k.a. Don't blow my motherfucking high either. Yeah, and this is a waste of time with this thrill. Bow, 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 SP, what's good? Been chilling, same shit, Bob. Yo, thank you so much for coming through Thanks here. This has been a long time in the making. A lot of people, a lot of people ask for you to be on this show. Glad to be here. Thanks for requesting me, y'all. I'm here. And listen, we are always happy to have a fellow Westchester native here on the podcast. And you kept your 914 number. Jadakiss did not. Yeah. 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 That's kind of true. It kind of breaks our heart a little bit that Jada did that. But, you know. (laughs) I I have to keep a 914. Same number this entire time or? Well, I had a few 914 numbers. Um, My (laughs) last one. Tell us every single 914 number. You had. No, I still got my most recent one. I mean, I, you you got you know my most recent one. You guys have it. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, when you're from Westchester, it's a, it's a proud thing. Yeah, so, I took my girlfriend up there. We went up and visited uh, and showed her around just last weekend. Okay. We, we were on What's Central she, Avenue. What did she think? She thought it was awesome. Oh. Yeah, we went to Candlelight Inn on Central Avenue. I used to live right next door to Candlelight. Did you really? I actually live. I mean, the in building. the house that they took over. <laughs> no, not the, the house. You know, it's like a. I don't know what the fuck is that exactly next door to it. But right. It's, a, it's like a, I don't know what that building is, <laughs> but then there's another building. I used to live in that building over there. But no me. longer. <laughs> nah, nah, I got out of there. But, uh, you don't eat chicken anymore, right? No. So that must have been difficult. It was funny. When I was going there, I didn't eat chicken either. So I used to get, I think it was, uh, I want to say a codfish sandwich mm-hmm. or a beer battered 
It was a fish sandwich I used to get and a waffle fries. Was it good? Yeah, it was. Oh, I mean, waffle fries. I mean, shit, it used to be late night. It used to be high. <laughs> walk right there. Used to be time. high. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used, at the time I was going there. Among other things, and we got so much to get into, but we saw the Bad Boy documentary that Puff did called Can't Stop, Won't Stop yeah. uh, at a screening a couple weeks ago. I know it's out on Apple Music now. There's so much that we knew about Bad Boy, obviously, um, and we went to the tour at Barclays um, yeah. when you guys did it, but... To see you guys all get together and rehearse in like the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. How long were you out there for? For me, it felt like a week or a couple of days short of a week. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was it was like going to cool. camp. It was fun as shit. Cause like you know, um, for me, the best part of the whole tour, like the whole whole thing, was actually just being around all the artists, and it was just really cool to be chilling with One Twelve, Kim. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Carl Thomas, Total. It was just, you know, faith. It was just like, it was just fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just really, really fun. And it, and it just felt like nostalgic. It just felt very nostalgic. So Had it, it been forever was, since you've seen them? I've seen some of them here and there, but it's different than when you're on the road. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, you, and, you, and you're and preparing to through, do something. Yeah. Because when you, you know, you know when it's a tour, it's, it's, it, that kinda, it's like kind of like a basketball team because you want to, you don't want to fuck up your set and you <laughs> fuck up or the show. So it's like everybody kind of, when when it's a show of that magnitude, you really want to be in tune with everyone, and not just the artists. I think that's what most people don't even understand. It's not just the artists; it's the fucking guy who's raising your crane every night, the girl who comes to you with the water, the dude who's you know bringing you your roll up. It's like it's that's like your family for a minute. You with them, you traveling, you want to hold each other down. So it brings a, you know, especially when I think with um. Artists who were around for the golden era. I always refer to the 90s as the golden era, mm-hmm. mid-90s. And, you know, I think it just brings a different feeling of hitting that road. And Because um, nowadays you have, you know, Instagram, Twitter, every fucking aspect of filming and seeing things you can. Back then it was like you either heard about it, you lived the experience, or someone had to tell you about it, you felt it, or like, you know what I mean? So it kind of, it was just different. It was like the b- best of both worlds. What artists were you especially close with um, back then? Pretty much cool with everybody. Really cool with everybody. You know what I mean? Um, Lil Kim's like my sister. Like, you know what I mean? Um, always a pleasure to rock with everybody. Carl Thomas is my dog. Hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? 112 of my dog. Like, <laughs> it was like family. Like, because yeah. when you work with people and you build a different bond with everybody, like, you know, like, and I think you get to know parts of each other, which other people don't know that are not artists. Like, it's like your guard's down. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're just pretty much chilling. Oh, and by the way, yeah, we went to the Rough Riders reunion tour uh, mm-hmm. also at Barclays. Um, yeah, totally different experience. Was there any reason why they sort of were like different sets? Eve had her own set. You guys had your own set. Dragon had his own set. DMX had his own set. Swiss. Uh, and it wasn't like crossover like the Bad Boy thing because for us, it did not be like Bad Boy. Okay, gotcha. I yeah, I would think you know what I mean. Yeah, I would, that would be the best way I would assume is you know, um, to set it up to be not like Bad Boy. And Rough Rider is a different feel from what Bad Boy is. Um, Rough Rider is going to give you more of a raw, just bring your bandana and your t shirt, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying. But Bad Boy, you you may. You may rent a car. Yeah. Right. You know I mean, we run out our furs. Friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, best your finest <laughs> garments and you may bring your lady friend and shit rough riding. You like, you may, you know. Right. You if you bring a lady she, friend, you know, she, she better bring be, a knife. Yeah. yeah. She better be prepared. Like, not a knife, but she better, you know, have your Tim's on in case you got to, you know. 
move. Can you talk about uh, when you guys would come to 127th and 7th? Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. You guys, that's a real interesting question, you know? I, wow, you guys do your homework, man. You guys do your homework. Yeah, 127 and 7th was a, 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 a beautiful time period in our in our lives because it represented the hunger we had i would say you know we were from yonkers rough riders at, at the time while our managers they didn't have a label um they had us and next like a lot of people don't even know dny while our managers when we were on bad boy yep a lot of people don't you know don't understand that so did puff know <laughs> puff definitely he thousand percent knew <laughs> i mean so but 127 for seventh it was the big hangout you know the big park and um that's where rappers from all over would come to, like you know what I'm saying, or, or the two fifths. So we'd be all at two seven, just chilling, yep. smoking out, doing whatever we do, you know, just into our craft. Like you know what I'm saying, we just smoking pot, hitting the pull up bars, <laughs> chilling, and just waiting for somebody to say that there's another nice rapper <laughs> somewhere around so we can fucking roast them. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because like you know, um. I think in the 90s, you had to build your reputation off of, of being in ciphers. And even if it, if it wasn't a one-on-one -on -one battle, you had to last the circle within a cipher. So pretty much your whole life was a battle. Like if you, you couldn't make it in a circle if you wasn't good enough. So it's like you have to come to this circle. I don't know who exactly is going to be here. Sometimes you may. Sometimes you may, you may not. And it's like we have to be prepared to rip whoever's in front of you or outlast whoever's in front of you or be just as nice as or especially when you're from another neighborhood going to somebody else's neighborhood now that's their guy everyone loves them so now you have to have the the bravado and the, the, the inner gut to say it's like a away game and yeah, you're the away yeah. team so you even have to have more shit on your chest like I'm going to show you who I am and where I'm from. More shit on your chest and more shit on your back like yeah. the Rough Riders yeah. are. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? So, not just for us. I'm pretty sure any rapper at that time made their bones that way. Like, you traveled around. But for us, it was, it, was, it was very important because we were from Yonkers, New York. There was no... When you hear the radio... You know, it's what up, Bronx, Queen, <laughs> Brooklyn, Long Island, Staten Island. Yeah. It was no Yonkers. <laughs> even, when, um, even when God Bless the Dead have... Put the Vernon on the map. You hear the Vernon. Um, bless the brothers, the beautiful brothers, brand Nubians. They mm -hmm. put New Rochelle on the map. You would even hear New Row. But you would never hear Young, because, like, you know what I'm saying? So I think that gave us an extra chip on our shoulder. Like, and, and we knew that we were nice. Like, not to be funny, but we knew we had what it take as MCs. Like, you know what I mean? We knew we, we were built different. We knew how much we was, were willing to work. We knew like how much we respected the craft, those who came before us. We were students of the game. We knew we were um very streetwise, but yet and still we were very intelligent, like you know what I mean? Um we came from solid families, like middle class, poor families, but like you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we had a lot working for us, which we knew, like you know what I'm saying? And I think I think being from Yonkers and having coming in a game this way is what makes us pretty much who we are today totally um we gotta talk about the port chester shopping center <laughs> we gotta talk about um uh i mean we can go around the entire thing we can go and talk about caldor we can talk about rock bottom <laughs> but specifically uh you worked at um at odd job uh, that wasn't at um port chester that was at right on central Ave, right where red lobster is oh, oh I, we thought the second location yeah, yeah, okay no it's yeah. not there anymore <laughs> then forget i lived it. The, I, I, I worked at the odd job when it was on um a couple stores down from from Red Lobster on yeah. Central Avenue, Scarsdale. 
I had a fucking beautiful time. Fucking stole everything, bro. Yo, you fucking name it. You know what? I, I was actually. It's fucked up because I robbed a lot of stores <laughs> that I worked at, like, later. Like, yeah. you know, and, like, I would either rob them while I was there or, uh, you know. What was your technique my, for stealing? If it was, it depends if I, like, every store I worked at I didn't steal from. Mm-hmm. Some, like, when I would, I would just come back and rob straight, mm-hmm. like, fuck it, like, some ignorant shit. But I would be like, all right, I know the system. I know when they're going to do this. I know when they're going to do that. And I'm going to just do what I gotta do and so you weren't just like sliding there. things up your uh, sleeve nah I was like when I was stealing <laughs> yeah. out of odd job I was stealing big I wasn't doing like poor man stealing I was stealing like loads I would speak to the guys on the trucks when they coming in like you know what I'm saying know what's in the boxes know, know what was returned from another place know what was checked off know what wasn't checked <laughs> off so it wasn't just like we were clipping like we were when we were still we were still like a a lot of cases of something. So if it was like a lot of cases of, of colorful Walkmans that came in a certain color or something like that, we're clipping boxes. So when we clip boxes, sometimes you may have to include a manager. So you got to find out the right manager to hit mm-hmm. or the right man, figure out who's stealing too. So it was kind of like, you know, a thing. Because How long of, were you there for? It? I was at our job for a few years, bro. How, you were not, you were not the manager? Like, huh? You weren't the manager? I, I wasn't the manager. Were you employee no, of the month? <laughs> I, I probably was a couple of times in my actuality, <laughs> not to bullshit with you. Dead serious. I had to be. Because the guy liked me. The manager liked me a lot, too. I mean, I did my job. Like, I think a lot of people cares when you, um, I would come in. I would put my Walkman on. and um, Where'd you get that Walkman? First, nah, I paid pay for that Walkman. It's a real high quality boy, Sony that I bought. I would come in, though. I would just, you know, I would get to doing my job. Because my, my thing was, if I do my job early enough, you know what I'm saying? I, had to, I know I had a stock job. I had homework to do, mm-hmm. I had rhymes to do, and I had to hit the block and try to make a couple sales, get some extra dollars. Uh, so I was trying to manage my time as best as possible. So with our job, I, I, at the time, I lived behind Nathan's mm-hmm. on Shoreview Drive. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. Saying? Yep. I, um, and um, I lived back there, so I was like, all right, I can work at our job. I get off at a certain time, drop my shit off, home, go do what I got to do, make it back to the block in time, then make it home all go to the block work to do like so i had a certain certain schedules but then when i started noticing i was kind of working i was really doing my job and i just started noticing you know you notice when shit is missing yeah shit is like when people are doing dirt and this and that so i just kept my eye open and one day one one day i was cool with this own manager and i was like um he asked me like where he knew he knew where i was from where i hung out at he knew i lived on central where he knew i hung out on the south side of yonkers and he was just getting into my background I was basically like, what you want to do, bro? Like, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. already know what's going on with you, you know? And then we got cool, and then we just bust, bust down certain shit. I, I stole furniture. Furniture? Radios, sound Wait, systems. Wait, how did you move the furniture? Out the escalator. Like, I drive had an escalator going up and an escalator going down. No, I'm saying, and how did you, you transport it? Like, what yeah, kind but, of car were you driving? Oh, I would have somebody come pick it up. Or I would pick up a truck, a van. Yeah. I have the, you know, it was like a layout. It's not like we just got yeah. running. Do it like, y'all, I think. Yo, come I through. Yeah, come, come through at this time. If you come through at this time, like, if, if it's a flood, like, you know, if it's Thursday around 7 o'clock, you know, a lot of people going to come in. On a Friday, a certain time, five, six o'clock, a lot of people gonna come in, so it's a lot of in and out the stores. A lot of people need help with the carts. While this happens, you have carts ready mm-hmm. on the side, and you just send them up the escalator as you go. 
put the stuff in the people, put the people shit in their shit, put the shit in your shit. Well, you know how the FBI hires like the hackers because they know like how to break into places. They and I hope that like with Juices for Life, you now know all the tricks and you watch your employees just in case they're trying to like you know. Somebody always gonna steal. I mean, we got great employees, not not where we at, but any business you in, you hiring people. Trust, trust is something that's that's earned over the years. Like you know what I mean. If you don't know people's backgrounds. You don't know people's situations. You don't know what drives a man to think or act certain ways. Sometimes you have to weigh it out and, and you know, give the benefit of the doubt, but not give the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> if you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I always take in mind that you really don't know what anyone's thinking or going through, so you don't kind of know what they're capable of. Oh, my That's God. What, you know, <laughs> you know. Gonna have to like you know for future like babies like really consider babysitters and like yeah on that oh, scale. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> I find it very interesting that you were basically the third member of the locks. Mm-hmm. Like they they started rapping before you joined in. Yeah, they were from the same block on the other side of town. You were from the like, south side. I'm from the south side of town because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a couple blocks from McDonald's, up the block from McDonald's, mm-hmm. Roshan, mm-hmm. and they were from like um. Glenwood. I knew Sheik around junior high time, and I knew of course I would see him around. Like you know what I mean, but I didn't um, know him know him until we got to like eighth eighth grade, I want to say. And them, them two guys were super fucking professional, bro. I was just like a. <laughs> What's funny is I was actually. Now to think about, I was actually always who I was meant to be because <laughs> I was kind of like hard, but I always would kick con- conscious shit. So I would be like on the balance of hard but conscious because too many people wasn't going too conscious and if they was I didn't like didn't want to be caught in the pocket with them mm-hmm. and the people who was getting attentions were the you know yeah dudes who were spitting that regular fly flamboyant shit so I was trying to mix it up and do um both and pretty hard but those two were really like super fucking professional just Yonkers in general um there was so many nice like um there's so many names I'm gonna forget but there's like a Bill Blash um Universal my man, Khalif Cool, Capoetic, um, Lord Devon, Royal Rome. There's so many. I'm high upon right now. <laughs> okay, high. And, um, but there's so many people like where you had to come out, come up outside, and you had to have bars. Like you had to, mm-hmm. you had to be able to say some shit, or you just didn't fit in. So one of the first times that we met Jada, um, he was rolling with. Guys like Ice Pick, and there was Kiwi and Mike L with the eye patch, and we talked we talked about this with Jada when we had him on the podcast, and he was like, "Oh, he's like, I got lots of friends with crazy names." He's like Richie Thumbs. Did you know <laughs> yeah. Richie Thumbs? Yeah, I know Richie Thumbs. All, like, all our friends got crazy names. Richie Thumbs, and he said that that Richie Thumbs got a deal because because you guys rapped on a song with him. Yeah, and he got his it, Sylvia Rome gave him a deal, mm-hmm. and does that have anything to do with the line? Uh, sound anything like Kiss and Sign right here? Nah, I would say that. I would say that that line has to do with the percent. If like if you, I think we're the most, far as rap's concerned and the delivery. I think we deliver, the most basic complex style. Like it's very complex, but it's very basic. It's almost like we're talking to you. And I think before we pretty much did that, everybody was really, rappy, extra rappy. Like if you just peep that time, anybody, and no disrespect to anybody. I'm pretty sure we brought that to the game. Like that, just basically, you feel like someone's talking to you, but like they're rhyming. And also like they're going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, so I think we always, I think, that's why I think when it, because we started noticing a few years after we were in the game, like 
that people were kind of taking our style. Like, far as just making it more basic. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. simple always wins. I think, and that was the thing about it. It's like, when we came out, it's like, wow, they saying some shit, but it's really clear how they're saying it. And it's really understand. It's pretty much like we talk to you with rhythm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of being... Because, like, a lot of rappers over-rap. And, and, like, if you think about it, if you say... It doesn't matter how you say cat, hat, and rat. It's going to fucking rhyme. Right. Cat, hat, and rat. Cat, hat, and rat. Cat. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so when you have the, as an MC, have delivery in your mind, you don't have to really over-rap. That's how we, you, you want to rap, but you want to be passionate about what you're saying. So when somebody hears it, they can feel it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think we kind of brought that to the game. And after us, it was kind of like, I'm pretty sure other people have, but I mean, as a solidified street group mm-hmm. and you know to be repetitive with it on all sorts of tempo tracks i don't think you know you can say too many other people have really done it like us yeah um by the way david styles sounds like the fakest name ever <laughs> <laughs> it does right <laughs> it does you know it's funny because um Coming up, I used to people be like, "What's your name?" So I'd be like, "They like, no, nah, what's your real name?" <laughs> you know, because Styles was in Teen Wolf, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. when it came down to picking rap names, uh, what was your original rap name? My first rap name yeah. had to be Dave Ski. It's some some stupid like that. <laughs> some real eighties. So, yeah, yeah, some real fucking eighties. <laughs> it was definitely a ski, and it yeah. like it had to be. D ski or day some fucking retarded dog, some straight yep. retarded. Jada can can break dance. Can you break dance? Nah, I could boogie. Can you? Yeah, I could boogie. <laughs> but I don't, I don't head spin, but I can hit you with it like a um, hit you a mean hand spin. Yeah, I can hand spin. Yeah, yeah. And I could, um, did you guys? Did you guys all go to high school together? Yeah. So you went to Gordon High School. Yeah. And Wolves. you guys? What's that? Did you, did you play football? Nah, no, so okay. crack, crack <laughs> fucked my whole life up. Because when we had when we had Jada here, yeah, we, he was making fun of our high school. He said that he played ours. Yeah, I don't think that he did. We went to Harrison High School, right? I think they definitely like, played Harrison. <laughs> definitely. He was like, we used to kill y'all, yeah, to murder y'all. <laughs> what was high school like when you went? <laughs> yeah. No, I went to school. I was fucking smart. I'm still smart. Yeah. I, I'm not debating that. I just didn't know if you were mm. like. I was active. I was mm. an asshole, but I was. Active. <laughs> I was like a good smart kid and like over smart like this shit is bullshit yeah like you know like um high school was super fun man um rhyming a lot of rhyming i think that's where we really made our bones like you know what i'm saying that's the that's the bomb squad yep that's mm-hmm. when we were the bomb squad like you know that's the um a lot of crap this one i really this one i say she can kiss a really professional dude is the most fucking two prof- and i don't say this because they're my partners i just i say this because it's really facts like mm-hmm. at this particular time like everybody would be able to rhyme and you know but when you get to a studio it's a different thing like they had all right the studios for this many hours we gotta lay this this is the beat this is like you know mm-hmm. gotta be this formatted the song i'm like what the fuck is like <laughs> This it's just was supposed to be rhyming outside and rhyme the out rhyme the shit out of somebody else and embarrass them. And, and but they really had the vision of making it since high school, like you know what I'm saying, with mm-hmm. a a firm a firm thing. So I was always like, yeah, this is gonna be beautiful, like because at that time, like you know, and it was it was like um um I rhyme, my man Casino rhymed, um. Sean Brown, Slim Rhyme, 
My man, Side Dog, the Mute Assassinator. Like, so we would, Bomb Squad, there was a few rappers in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, General Ron didn't go to school with us, though. So, it was like, they was gonna, they was like the Jungle Brothers and I was Q-Tip. They was mm. like EPMD and I was gonna be like Red. Like, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? But I think I was just, but what they used to do was just so amazing. I just used to just, just watch and just pick up and learn and go to the studio and they used to help me format it, do that. Like count out the bars patient. and yeah. Like, yeah count, count the bars, be patient. Cause at that time it was real, real, not even aid that. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't like a fuck up is bad. Cause then they got to cut the tape, piece it together. So fucking up is really, <laughs> really, really bad. Like these young artists have no idea how fucking sweet they have it you and know. how much Undo is their best friend. You know how much work all these kids put in. (laughs) So, like, you can't... A fuck-up's a real bad fuck-up, so... Where was the studio? In Pelham, I want to say. Okay. So you go to the studio, and and you guys are working. When did you, like, solidify that it was going to be the three of you then? We, like, a group anyway. Like, this bigger than a... Outside of the music, like, even the music part, like, outside of LOX and outside of D-Block, it's like a, a family thing. It's not just us three that's like it, so it's like a... Everything's kind of like an effort to get to the goal line, or however you do it. Um, I think because they used, we just we always used to rhyme together anyway. So I just was getting on more songs anytime we ciphering. I'm always in a cipher with them. Um, so I think it kind of just transitioned to normal. And then when we went to Puff, he just kind of like, nah, it's it's. It's, it's y'all three. Well, b- before you signed to Puff, um, Clark Kent told us that he tried to sign you guys to Motown. Yeah. What was that like? A couple people tried to sign us. Shit, we could have signed with Suge when we yeah, signed yeah, Puff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it felt really good. Like, you know what I'm saying? We from fucking Yonkers, New York. We bust our ass to get here. And now we get recognition. And when you believe in something and there's nobody, belie- nobody else believes you, and it's a world full of doubters. And it's like, fuck no, nobody ever did it from y'all because y'all not going to do it, such and such, you know. And from the jump, especially when you remember back them early years of you doing it and people be like, well, make sure you do other shit and that's not really reasonable <laughs> to do and it's not a good future, right? It makes you feel like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Like, I fucking told you so. Oh, my like, God. Like, I fucking told you so. It's because, you know, when you're from... Y'all know y'all from 914. We mm-hmm. got a fucking chip on our shoulder. We yeah, come yeah. with a like we come with a, a shitload of pride. Like, yep. there's a shitload of pride for 914, dude. So, it felt like... I fucking told you someone fuck you if you didn't believe me. Yeah, like, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Straight up. Flex Flex never shouts out Westchester and he lives in Westchester. And he sells <laughs> Westchester Fords. Um how did the Suge thing go down? We were fucking hot. <laughs> That's how it went down. I think the word was out that we were hot, people were hearing about us. Um Dan Wilder, great managers, Mary passed the demo out, word of mouth on the street. It's just ill. It's three dudes who could fucking rap their ass off. Like, you know what I'm saying? So people started making the calls. But with Suge, we just felt like, you know, we hip-hop. We hip-hop dudes. We can't yeah. go to, we can't sign to L.A. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? We can't. And this is no beef. It is no, I mean, we yeah, ain't no, think about beef. This yeah. is, yeah, this is more like, nah, we East Coast heads. Like, you know what I'm saying? We got to. But was like Suge like flying over? Like, was it that that serious, or was it more no, like... No, it was like, y'all get on a plane, come <laughs> over, I fly all the all over, fly all your people, like that. Did you take the flight? No. <laughs> nah. Before you signed to Puff, you went away, though. I want to say I did seven months. And did you think that, like, 
Well, I came home, it was fucking popping. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was fucked up before I went in. It was no, I didn't. That's because the professionals. Yeah, it was like fucked up. Came home, the two professional dudes was on a fucking job, man. Did you get they had it? it right. They had um, <laughs> DY management, we doing this. Because I was in jail, I remember telling them, don't worry, it's going to be all good. Because I was like, yo, man, I can't do jail. But I can't be broke. Like, right. I can't do regular. Like, you know, when you have in your mind, and I didn't even know what regular was. I just knew I wasn't a nine to fiver. Mm -hmm. I knew I was smart. I knew I wasn't a college kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, my semester in Westchester County didn't go the way I wanted it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I, before I went to jail, I did a county and I did, I did a semester in a, at Westchester. So I was trying to find What'd my you way. Study there? Do you study? I don't know the what bullshit. Whatever yeah. bullshit. They was doing real shit. My two partners. Yeah, yeah. Music shit. Me. I was doing bullshit. Just to, I don't even fucking Chinese know. History. I was rhyming every yeah. day. I would go to certain shit, and then I'd be rhyming in that fucking um that Westchester cafeteria. Big. There were other people that could rhyme. There was at a fucking lot of dudes who could rhyme in, in that college at that really? time. Really? That was that's what really made it dope. That was a really dope experience too. Because then why'd you drop out? <laughs> Wasn't fair. I wanted money. Yeah, it was just fucked up. I wanted clothes. <laughs> I, I just, I was, I was greedy. I was, I was blinded. I was just lost. I was, you know, I was lost. I knew I wanted to do a lot, but I was also on the streets. Like you know what I'm saying? I was, yeah. you know, I'm, um, I was outside. I had jobs, and I, but it wasn't like I was a dude who was just like I was always just trying to find a way. I had a stock job. You know, I pulled a little robbery here. Yeah, yeah. I sold a little, sold a little crack here, a little dope here. Another job, another job, job, you know, and, was, and I always kept the job for a while. Uh, were you still living with your parents when you were doing that semester at uh, Westchester Community College? Off and on, the homies had a crib in the hood. Yeah. So I was at home and outside. That, po that point of life is like every day. I mean, I'm 18, 19. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing in life and I'm always on the move. So every day I'm smoking weed, mm -hmm. working. Hustling, rapping, yeah, rapping. So every day is kind of like I'm in the house. I may not be home for a couple of days. And I might be at home, homie's house, this homie's house, this homie's couch. Maybe outside for all nighter. Mm -hmm. Go home, shower. Be outside another all nighter. Go home, shower. Home is like that time was just kind of just running. At that point, where your parents just like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> well, my mom's South African, right? So my, my I didn't my um. I live with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, my pops at the time, God bless the day, he was alive. He lived in Mount Vernon. My mom's like the more, my pops is the super is coolest dude in the world. I probably get my cool, mm -hmm. cool, mellow side from my pops and my fiery side from my mom. Like, yeah. Wow. I think so. My mom, she, we would just always talk like real adults. Like, because I had the type of mom I would always go, no matter what, I want you to tell me what's going on. Hmm. Like, if you kill somebody... You want to be able to tell me you killed somebody. You want to be able to have that kind of... So me and my mom kind of... And when you come up rough and you, you go through certain things with your family, your body that separates or becomes stronger. So my mom would just kind of warn me, like, when you go to jail, I'm not fucking with you. Like, I'm not coming to visit you. She didn't curse, but I'm not coming mm -hmm. to visit you. You know better. You wise. You going you know, certain things going to lead to certain things. And my mom's from South Africa, and she had to work hard to get what she got in life. So... They don't see, like, you know, that easy way out and you crying and complaining about shit, huh? That shit you think you crying and complaining about is nothing. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So always instilled something in me. So she will always just be like, 
because she also would support me with with music like you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. say if i was going somewhere or something like you know what i'm saying it was a real time be like shit and I, I'm down on money. My mom would be like, yo, I'll buy you a couple outfits or something. I know you're trying to do your music thing. Stay out the streets. But I had a job, too, at all times. So it was kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like, she just be like, if you do dirt, you're going to end up paying for it. And it's going to affect you and it's going to hurt you. And, you know, yeah, be sensible about it. So my mom's a very realistic, straight up person like, um I mean? we want to have the same sort of relationship uh if you have killed anybody you can tell us <laughs> Shit, no. <laughs> no but you do want that with your kids because you don't want I, I i used to think she was crazy for saying that when i was coming up until i had a son of my own mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying because you don't want your kid to be out there in case say if that situation does happen and your kid's going crazy they need to be able to call somebody that can sit there talk to them and and guys, you do something, and nobody's gonna do that for you like family. Like yeah. that family's, she's just basically saying, no matter what, I'm gonna always be your family. I'm gonna always love you. I'm not, gonna, you know. Yeah. yeah. See you in seven months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know. Who did come and visit you? Oh, my mom did come and visit. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> shouts to her. Yeah. So, at what age do you sign with Bad Boy? I want to say it was maybe 20. 20. 20, 21. Oh my God. 20, 21. Did you? No older than 22. I know that. Right. For right. A fact. And who else was on the label at that point? Big. Big. Craig Mack. Total. Faith. I want, I want to say yeah. Um, and 112? Getting there around. Yeah. We getting there, I want to say. So you sign there. Too. Do you have in your mind an idea of how quickly you want to put a product out? Besides as soon as possible? Nah. Because I really, we trying to absorb, see, feel it out, learn. Like, you know what I mean? And, and you just so... The moment's so surreal, and you become in a whole new world. I think that's what people don't really, no one can really explain. I don't even know how to really explain it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're just, from the world you was in, to a whole new world. Now you may be sitting around other artists you're hearing. Now you're around execs. You're hearing business shit. You're hearing different music. You're seeing producers you never saw before, artists you never saw before. You're learning things you, you've never learned. Like, you know what I'm saying? So now you're kind of... It's like your place. It's like to say. It's like say, just imagine your your your, your high school year. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I'm saying. You not knowing what the fuck you're gonna <laughs> do, to be being placed in a room full of journalists and colleagues full of shit and just really picking up all the tricks and trades of. It's like overwhelming. It's absorbing, but it's like holy shit, I've arrived. Like, yeah, I've arrived into a whole new world. And I think I think with you being in the new world, you try to adjust. To being in it and you try to learn and try to go as you go you definitely want to do shit but i think like i've 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 still learned off of puff we learned so much shit off of him just from watching like you know what i'm saying just watching and just just peeping it and just seeing how game goes and just watching big big schooling us giving us jewels telling you like telling us certain shit so you kind of sit back and you absorb like you know what i'm saying you mm -hmm. absorb and and you you in a rush, but you kind of living a life right now. Like and by the way, you're in the Chicago Bulls of rap <laughs> at the particular time. So yeah. there's no like you know what I mean. It's it's like surreal. We just came from Yonkers, New York, where nobody gives a fuck about any Yonkers rappers yep. to being on the Chicago Bulls of rap. So were you like, like the Horace Grant? <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm a scorer, baby. Um, <laughs> but you just have the goggles. I get the goggles though. I get it. <laughs> um, and where were you recording at that point? Because you go from like this Pelham Rough Riders. 
Oh, Rough Riders. Yeah, we at that point we had Rough Riders Studio. We out of Pelham. We in a Rough Riders Studio. So Bad Boy didn't make you go to like any studios. No, nah, we went to Bad Boy Studio too. But we, uh, Rough Daddy's Riders House? Studio is our is our, our lines then. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's where you'll catch us, Mace X, and this was before. The contract. Mace went up there too? Yeah. This oh. is before the bad boy contract. This is before Mace is signed, X is signed, before we signed. If you come to that Rough Riders studio, that's where you would have seen a lot of fucking hunger and energy. Because mm. besides being on the street now, we're at 127 for 7 from mm-hmm. outside to being in different places, spots in New York, rapping, to taking that same energy and bringing it to the studio. You know what I'm saying? The Rough Riders studio. Because the, um, the, the Pelham studio is more like high school. Right. And, you know, end of high school and all of that. Um, when I'm out of jail and stuff and come from there, now we're in Rough Rider Studio, which is in the heart of Yonkers, to the square. And it's just hung a lot. Every day is really wake up, do whatever you do in your your life. You know, we on the block. If I'm not, if I'm on the block, then why D probably come scoop us off the block. Then we're hitting the lab or hitting 2-7 if we get something to eat. You know what I mean? We're going to Copeland's. We're going to Jimbo's. Mm. There's something to eat. 127 for 7th. We at the park. Um, or we at 125th in the Mart right across the street from Apollo. Mm-hmm. We got bars. Whoever won it, we giving it to them. <laughs> we doing what we do. We smoking. We getting weed from the areas. We got a pot. Then we're going back to the lab and making songs. Our whole mode is pretty much starving energy music and just flow like you know what i'm saying so our whole days pretty much thrive on us getting up and getting getting busy and just living a life that's collided full of street shit mm-hmm. and music shit 24 7 like you know what i mean 24 7 like it's either you you on the block you're doing this or you're on somebody else's block and then it's, you're doing music and then you're running around doing what you got to do what you would do anyway like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's kind of the time, that's why I say, is it was such a, a dynamic of, of just imagine waking up. I'm, I went from waking up, probably from doing dirt the night before, trying to pull up some bullshit robbery for some petty bucks, selling dope, selling bass, or selling smoke, stock job, then it's, then it's rhyming, then it's downtown and that, all the way to now we're on Bad Boy. <laughs> like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's such a... Yeah. It's like... Like Whiplash. Like yeah, whiplash. exactly. And I think that's what made us who we are, though. I think that's what always kept us so connected to the streets and made us the most regular Joes that you probably ever see in the industry. Mm-hmm. The most common dudes to kick it with. Yeah. One from our struggle, one from being from 914. Yeah. And two, just being in the bo- mix of both worlds. One foot in, one foot out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to... Boom, until making it. And until we, the day we made it. We just one foot in, one foot out. And then we bought I bought a kilo with my bad boy friends. Like that wasn't a bullshit. Like we really bought a kilo with the yeah. bad boy friends. Holy and shit. We was like, fuck it. Like it's case just in case. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, wait, know, did, but did where'd you, you move it? Did, yeah, did you tell your mom that? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> where did you move that? We moved. Yeah. <laughs> Had a friend come yeah. with a, yeah, with a yeah, pickup truck and yeah. yeah moved. <laughs> um, when do you think you made it? I thought we made it that day. Hmm. Shit, I thought we made it the day we first rhymed in front of Puff and he said he, he was on us. And then I knew we made it when Puff brought us the rhyme in front of Big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Big was very receptive and open arms and like I'm glad y'all here y'all motherfuckers rap and by the way and then every night when we in the studio 
Whoever big company was, big. <laughs> Y'all gotta hear these. So big, you know what I mean? For Frank White to be big on himself. Oh my God. And he didn't have to have open arms. That's why I always hold big so dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he didn't have to do that. Like anyway, Not much older like, than you like, either. Yeah, not, not, not much older from a whole different place. So he was very embracing. And besides that big, like I remember going to sessions. Because you got to think, she could come with his immediate right hand, kiss with his immediate right hand, my, me, my immediate right hand. Then sometimes we got two right hands each. You know what I'm saying? And Big would still treat each one of them how he treated us. That's awesome. That's amazing. Amazing. The guy was the classiest gangster I ever met. Mm. I swear. I never seen no, nothing like that in my life. Anybody nicer than him? Rhyme-wise? Never. 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 Not to me. I, and the reason I say this, because there's a lot of nice rappers. The reason I always... Cause, Cause Rakim is of course the God Cool G is of course the God King, KRS Those are the forefathers There is no big Nas, Hov, or us Without those four guys First mm -hmm. and foremost mm -hmm. Like we can't We gotta set the record straight That's Mount Rushmore For me of hip hop Rakim, Cool G, King, KRS Like you know what I'm saying It gets You know You gotta There is no No big Hov, Nas, or us Or we'll want nobody without them So but what what particularly makes me say Big is the best is for how many different categories he was nice in. Think about it. Like when you think about a rapper, like take me for instance, Jugo Styles P. He's he's gangster. He's hard, but he'll give you some conscious shit. He's deep. He's deep. He's hard. He's conscious. He's hard. Then you go such and such. This guy. Oh, he's fly. He's slick. Like oh, he's 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 witty. He's this. Oh, he's for the ladies. He's this. But Biggie was everything. Biggie was everything. Storyteller. Think about his catalog. He was yeah. a storyteller. He fucking went bone thug style. I think that's what he <laughs> yeah. was a hybrid. He was yeah. like a hybrid. His lady songs was crazy. His feature verses were crazy. He was a play. So he nailed pretty much every category. And then I think life after death is what sets the bar for me. Like, I don't think the bar's been top. And I don't think anybody can honestly say... It has, if we're being honestly speaking, from mm -hmm. going from uh, your first album to your second album. Like, it was so perfect. It was like he wasn't even meant to be here when you think about it in a retrospect. That was like God knew what was happening before it was happening. That that's, a, that's, a, that's a fucking masterpiece. Mm. Like, as an MC, sometimes I got to sit down and listen and say, damn, <laughs> how the fuck was he in that zone for yeah. so many times? And then to be in a studio and see him in them zones sometimes. Because I remember... I remember some nights, and it'd be, everybody's drinking, Mr. Bacardi, Lamon, he got mayonnaise full, full of jars, full of weed. <laughs> and I never seen Big roll. I've never seen Big roll up in my life. Did his right roll, hand do that? Yeah. Anybody, any, anybody, you, yo, roll up. Yeah. Roll up, roll everybody. Never oh, seen I, would, I would roll a terrible. I've never seen him <laughs> yeah. roll, and I've never seen him drive. That's why else makes him a classic gangster. <laughs> but I remember being fucked up, and everybody fucked up, and it's tired. And I remember waking up like out of a slumber and he was just in the zone while everybody was down and the beat was there and you could just see him. He was just, just a bop, like it was just some shit and I was like, and it was um, um, it was either kicking the door mm -hmm. or one of them, I, just, I forgot which one, I think it was kicking the door or something else, but his bop just to the beat on the thing, I thought, damn, I thought he would have been out like everybody else. Yeah. So it just kind of shows, I think he... What made him the illest MC is that the diversity of him. I think it's diversification and to be able to hit a 10. 
when you diversify. Like, me, I can say some fly shit. Mm -hmm. Like, me, I can actually get slick. You know, it's not my cup of tea, though. It's not like if I do that shit seven times, you're going to be like, come on, boys. (laughs) Fuck out of here. We don't want to hear about your Bentleys and your helicopter. I could put that in a nice, very slick way, though. Like, you know, but is are you going to believe me? Right. Is it going to be believable if I do it on a consistent basis? Like, Mm -hmm. if I keep. You're gonna be like that's not yeah. who you really are. Like you know what I'm saying? Like right. and, and so and so on, so on with so many, a lot of rappers. You could be like, all right, I know him for that. Mm-hmm. I know most guys. You're gifted if you have three categories. Like you know, mm-hmm. we we'll mostly get two. You get three. You're pretty gifted. Right. Be be you know be very humble about it. But when you get more than that, <laughs> is you know your phenomenon. Yeah. Your phenomenon, and it takes. I think it, it takes them in a different zone, like in a different. I think it takes a different your mind to be in a different state. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Because as MCs, MCs sometimes we hit zones and don't know where they come from. I have rhymes that I don't. I could tell you the spirits gave them to me. Like you know what I mean? I don't know. After the rhymes done, I'm like I don't really know. You yeah, know, well, I don't really pretty much know where it came from. Well, I mean, like it was there. Some, you have some very dark rhymes. You I know? wonder if you ever like you don't write, but like if if you ever thought of something and you were just like, oh shit, like I'm. I'm fucked up. <laughs> Sometimes I go dark in life, but I think that's I think that's what man is for me. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't I don't like to hide from myself. Like you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people, because of judgment or, or how people view them, like if I if I feel dark rhyming dark, I'm gonna rhyme dark. You're gonna talk about boiling wanna, a kid. I wanna, yeah, I'm gonna talk about it pretty much because it's the it's the, it's the act of art. Like you know what I'm saying? I think that's where hip hop sometimes we get put in a box because. We're from the ghetto. We're from crime-ridden neighborhoods, and where poverty is, and where this and that. But the whole world is, and so I'm not. I don't get in a box. Like the world fucking loves criminals. The world, not not black people, not white people. The fucking world. Everybody loves Billy the Kid. Everybody loves Jesse the James. Jesse James. Everybody loves Scarface. You just downloaded Queen of the Border, El Chapo, mm-hmm. Pablo. Everybody loves a bad guy because it's really saying middle finger to the system. Mm-hmm. At some point, like you know what I'm saying. So with me, I feel like my art. If I make dark art, that keeps me from acting dark. Because if I didn't make that dark art, that could be a dark act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying. And more, I think people that happens in life, in real everyday life. Everybody's not an MC. Everybody's not an artist. Everybody's not a painter. Everybody's not an artist in some shape or form. So now, if you have a dark thought and you have no way to express it, you don't work out. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't rhyme. You don't. You, you, how do you get the dark thought off? Mm-hmm. You don't share. Like me, I'm 180 negative. I'm 180 positive. I strive my best to be on my 180 positive as much as I could be. Is that's where I want to stay? But do I deny I'm 180 negative? No, I won't because if it came to it, I would display that 180 negative in a quick time period. Like you right. know what I'm saying? And you are a gangster and a gentleman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I think. And my gangster is not the typical gangster because, like, right now, the top gangster in America would be Donald Trump, if you ask me. Well, like, so my right. view of gangster and what everybody's view, because I think people automatically associate gangsters with minority, poverty, and hoods. The bus driver who will split your shit for fucking with his kid is gangster. And Bronx mm-hmm. still, when he told Sonny stay away from his kid, mm-hmm. he didn't have power. He didn't have anything, but he believed that. That was gangster. The guy who works nine to five. Busses his ass, does his double shift, come home, doesn't make enough rent, 
enough money to pay rent, food, pay child support, or pay his kids tuition or this and that, but makes it happen is gangsters. So I think gangsters really your will. Mm-hmm. And but don't you think that Trump is a pussy? Like, I feel like he's such a pussy. Like he, he's, he's definitely a pussy, but he's still he's doing gangster shit because this is a guy who said, grab him by the pussy, build walls, black people, y'all can use it when you got to lose, this and that. So he's, he's definitely a pussy and an asshole and ignorant, but he's taking... He's basically found a way to 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 hit to you know target point and hit some strike hating people mm-hmm. to win what he wants like you know what I'm saying and and force his hand mm-hmm. that's gangster so gangster yeah, yeah gangsters <laughs> fall in a it falls in a lot of different different conversation and so does gentlemen because you can't be one without being the other really in what some, was in, in some shape aspect aspect or form what was I, it like when you linked up with mace on bad boy after having that experience being- it's like we never lost lost the thing with mace we never not seen him yeah from that point of us from the rough rider studio to that point there was a time i actually was was fucking crazy is one time um this is before we was all on i had a um had an altercation. Somebody basically came to my um crib fucking around with me. And um I, we basically got into like a little a little shootout. I had to get out of my crib. I had to move. I mean I had to move out the crib the thing. I stayed with Mace actually. Really? For a few days. I stayed with Mace. <laughs> I had to stay with Mace for a couple days because I had to get out of Yonkers. I yeah. couldn't be in Yonkers. Couldn't be about my mom's crib or nothing. So I was actually with Mace. Hmm. That Mace brought me by Cam. Yeah. I was walking around with Mace and Cam for hours, <laughs> chilling, smoking. So, you know, the, the our whole kind of process up to the to getting on, you know, it was kind of, we was with each other yeah. pretty much. And then you're signed to the biggest rap label at the time. Yeah. So Biggie passes away. Yeah. What was your experience like during the funeral? That was, It was just rough. You know, it was just really rough. Um, I was familiar with loss because I had lost my little brother already. Mm-hmm. So you know, with me, it was just like, like wow, it's just really rough. And this is um, that was big. Like you know what I mean? That was big. That, that's and the, then and then you guys had to put together. I mean, you didn't have to put together, but you put did put together. Um, what was Love Big Papa? Yeah, which like I think is like a masterpiece. Yeah, um, thank you. What yeah. was the, what was the process like in putting that together? <laughs> Well, we figured we had to do something for him, you know? He did a lot for us. We had to do something for him, so we was like, you know, that's the king of New York right there. So he's like, we're going to pay our homage, and, and, you know, he good now, and just do what we do. And then everybody loved it. And I think we just did it because we just wanted to be like, you know, pay our homage to Big. And mm-hmm. everybody loved his shit, and it was cool. Puff loved it. Then he did his joint. Yeah. Then it came out pretty dope, you know, shot um, the video. And so, how do you pick up the pieces as a collective at that point? That was rough. Yeah. Because I didn't like Puff. Personally, or as all three of you guys? All three of us, me the most, though. You the most. Mm -hmm. I didn't like him. Was it personal? I liked him. It was was personal, not personal. I didn't like how he moved. I didn't feel... I think one time it was... uh, um, I think what got me one time is I think I, I remember Dog Pound coming to the studio and we was there for hours. And um, I remember him saying something. Yo, y'all hungry? And he asked them, but not us. Hmm. And the thing, like, and you, we was been there. I was like, and that personally right there for me, you know, you know, it's 914, but it was like, <laughs> and I didn't like how he talked. I felt like he talked to people 
like lower at that time. Like, you know, he was just a boss. Like, mm-hmm. so he was talking like a boss. And the chip on my shoulder just made me really not like that. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So it just wasn't, it didn't sit right with me. And you go to DNY and, and you tell them and they say what? Well, I think it all, we had a meeting. It all went wrong when we was having a meeting. And I just lost it. I just lost it and picked up the chair and tried to hit him with it. Right. I tried to hit Puff with the chair. And I think after that moment, it was just kind of, it was pretty much done. All the, I was just tight. I had a bad temper back well, then. <laughs> How big was the chair? chair. Like a little office chair, like a rolly. Like something you would steal from like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a nice, a nice, it was G- a high quality <laughs> meeting chair. A bad boy staff. <laughs> do you think you had? Do you think you had bad aim, or he had good agility? <laughs> a, bit, um, bit, a bit of both. A bit of both hurt my ankle. Shit too, when I did it, twist my ankle. A um, growing up, it was it was a big moment for us. That whole you know free the locks campaign, the yeah. the the t shirts, the um that whole that whole time. I'm glad that we were able to do it. Was there, but was there the two of us? Was there an end goal for you guys besides just like getting off? Yeah, get off. Yeah, but, but <laughs> <laughs> get off was the end goal at that particular time. Right? Set it on the shirt. Let the locks go. <laughs> that was the um. Well, we wanted to do that, and we wanted to like I don't know if you remember, if you think about it, you it's it's a it's a it's an actual gap in a, in a, in a, in this thing. We were staying alive strictly off of mixtapes. So we, we, we noticed that if you fuck with Puff and then you didn't fuck with Puff, you were fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, most people, they with Puff, they leave Puff, it's over. Good night, good yeah. night, I mean. Kiss the baby, <laughs> count the kids, tuck them in, all that shit. So we was kind of like, hmm, what can we do? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then we said, you know what? We do what we do. Mixtapes will make it kind of Make it where something, like, you know what I'm saying? Make it to where they know y'all took over this shit. Make mm-hmm. it to where you're alive and the people, you you have to rely. We knew, we looked at it from this stage point. We don't have enough money to go against them. We don't have enough affiliates to go against them. Business-wise, we don't have enough power. We don't have enough knowledge. We don't have enough shit. But what you do have is the power of the streets. You got to always recognize where your personal power stands. And we had the power of not giving a fuck, of starting over. Because at that particular time, this is what bugs me out. We had a standard contract. With Bad Boy. With Bad Boy. We had the standard industry contract. The contract we had with Bad Boy was the standard industry contract. That was pretty much, I would say, 90% of the artists had at the time. Us being the dickheads from 914, <laughs> the rebels, <laughs> fuck y'all, the assholes. Wait a minute. Ten times ten is a hundred dollars everywhere in the fucking world. Yeah. The numbers that match up, like you know what I'm saying, of sales to the thing and this contract. And then I'm, I remember from from when I was young, I've heard this my whole life. Contracts are meant to be renegotiated. Yeah. That's what they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Not that it stays the same. So they was everybody like this is puff. The lawyers like this. I'm like we like you know what. Fuck this shit. And then you, you threw a power. chair at him. Power <laughs> the street, throw the chair, keep the mixtape going, thing. So it all it all panned out. Okay, so on your first album, you have like 20 samples. Yeah. Is that what fucked it up? 
Like, we're like, I'm a legend. No, no, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> what we'll fucked that up? Like, Rod Stewart <laughs> takes oh. how much of your publishing? Nah, we didn't complain about the publishing so much. We understand the thing. It's not about. If you're a businessman, I'm right? not. <laughs> <laughs> it's about having balls. When they explain to you exactly what you say, oh, you this ate this up, this did that, this did this, this, this do that. Okay, I don't want that contract anymore. I need another contract now. That's cool. Do whatever. No, we can't do that. You signed for such and such. That's where the problem occurs. Because mm-hmm. you're either going to be pussy and believe it and not fight and take their word for it and not do whatever, or you say, fuck y'all. You know, we're going to, we're going to, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. It's going to be a problem. Like, because I'm not, you mean to tell me this means I came from the ghetto. I didn't go to law school. I didn't do, you know, and this is the standard, but we got to keep it this way. Hell fucking no. No. No, and then at that time, if you notice, after we did that, other artists start beefing with their label. Because I think more so than anything, people were just afraid to say, I'm not as rich as you think I am. Mm. Right. Like, you think I'm rich, I look cool, I got mm. jewelry, I got cars, I got videos. I saw you hanging out with Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Nobody really, nobody really wants to say that. We was from 914, so it was like, fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Like, this is the truth. This is who I am. And we had the mentality, if you made it, you can make it again. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you yeah. start from the bottom, you made it. That's, that happens in life. Did so. you stop talking to everybody from Bad Boy? No. No. <laughs> Not at all. Um, Did you stop talking to Puff? Yeah. <laughs> For the time, yeah. yeah. But Harv Pierre or like, you know. I ain't really fuck with him, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Wasn't, I wasn't mean mugging him and wanted to beat him up or none of that. Nobody. I just wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't that much a sociable person that much anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm real sociable with certain people, certain characters, certain vibes. But when it comes to industry shit, I'm me particularly. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of play. I just play my position. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't try to overstep my boundaries because rap is a lot of party rap, especially with industry shit. When I say party rap, I mean full of shit talk. Like, what? What the what? <laughs> our, yeah, our industry. Yeah, it's like I don't full of shit. It. Like what? <laughs> Like, you don't have to do that because we see each other. Right. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get up. Let's lay it. Like, just because we have this party together, bro, we don't, it, don't, it don't necessarily have to be that. Like, you know what I mean? But that always happens. So I call it party rap. And rap is so full of shit when it comes to that. Like, I'm a stoner. I like pot. I, like, I love getting high and I like making music. So I don't really, the in-between in bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I sell fruits and veggies on the side. <laughs> And shit, I don't got no time for you to be fucking bullshitting me. Are any of the locks good at being uh, industry, like politicking? Yeah, all of us, but I, I, I just, I don't have it. Nah, Kiss would be the best. <laughs> Sheik, you probably won't even see him. That nigga's like, <laughs> Kiss is more, he cool with, cool with everybody. I'm cool, but I don't know. Like, I just have my, you know, I like, I like, it's certain people I fuck with and certain people I don't fuck with. And then I don't like to overstep my boundaries. Silence is good sometimes. I feel silence, like, silence and mind your business keeps you, keeps you out of the fucking loop and out of the, out of the loop of trouble that you don't want to be in. So DMY start Rough Riders as a label. Yeah. And you guys sign over there and DMX is already there? Yeah. Uh, DMX just went to Def Jam. Yeah. So, 
somewhere in there, uh, Interscope yeah. puts together a deal. And so you're back in a building. Yeah. And you're cool with that? Yeah. For um, a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> For a while. <laughs> but, but, okay, so the first project, We Are the Streets, was like... As a, as a loved, we are the streets. As a name, as an ideal, loved it. Everything was amazing. And loved you, it. And you guys were yourselves. Loved it. I was cool up to my solo project, which was Gangster and Gentleman. Yeah, I was cool up. No, no. Oh. Um, after Gangster and Gentleman, actually. Yeah. My second solo project. Yeah. There, this is when I became not cool anymore. With the with the system. With the whole system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, that's when I made my decision I, as a as an artist. Solo artist, I needed to be independent. Yep. Like, I didn't want to be tied to no majors anymore, period. Because I had, you know, after my first album, you got to think, when um my first album came, it's, it was it was pretty much, you know, um, and this was what was fucking crazy. I knew that they really just didn't, they were just really wanting me pretty much on entertaining it because I, cause of the mixtapes. I was fucking slaughtering the mixtapes <laughs> at that particular moment kiss was hot in the industry as a solo artist we was all killing the mixtapes i was i was i was i was just going on a rant i think it was a ghost in the something series mm-hmm. with a bunch of them shits and it's just a bunch of loose freestyles so they kind of were paying attention to me because the streets was kind of talking about me because i kind of knew i said damn at the at that particular time i was like what the fuck like i king of rap ain't me Mm-hmm. Boastiest, braggiest, doing a me. That, so I was trying to really look at my thing. I said, you know, I'm just giving who the fuck I am. Like, why hide it? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna just give it to him raw. I make hard bars. I make shit, and I, that's just what I was going with. So I was kind of heating up. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when they, I remember when I got the, you know, when I did the solo deal over there. It was like. And you know you, they talk and they talk in front of you and all that. They was like, oh, maybe forecast to do like, I mean, we'll be lucky to get fifty out of them, fifty five thousand to be good. And it was like that'd be a good thing, like you know what I mean. And I was like, okay, like, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, I took that personal, like to yeah. myself, like you know what I'm saying. I'm like, and in my mind, I was saying, I even, I was like, I could sell a hundred. That was really what was in my mind. Yeah. I know I could get a hundred, sell a hundred. I ain't going gold, I was telling myself. <laughs> but I could sell a hundred thousand. And yeah. it got me at like 50, 55. So I'm like, all right, now I'm a really fucking, I'm going to go crazy on the streets. So now I'm going up and I'm making an album. Now I'm making Gangsta and the Gentleman. And when I'm making it, I'm just in my zone. I'm smoking, I'm, pot, I'm potted out. I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm doing mixtapes. I'm doing an album. I'm really trying to be strategic about, you know, how I'm going to present this to the people in my first body of work as a solo. So I'm really trying to, you know, just really fill myself out. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to talk about shit that I really fuck with pot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And this and that. So Swiss knowing how much I smoke and every day is, y'all need my smoke, I need my smoke, I need my smoke. Him, I got something perfect for you. Oh my you. God. And he's like, I got the fucking perfect beat for you. And I remember I actually went to... Cause I was in Rough Rider studio mostly every day. I think I went downtown at a session, or he was downtown or something. We was coming back and forth, and he had that. I was like, "Oh yeah, I got this now." And they just as we was making the whole album, people was coming. I seen them like, "Oh, oh," because you know when you could be doing mixtape, you know, and I knew I had them in the pocket from the mixtapes, but I knew I had to bring that same vibe. 
And it's hard to do that though and translate it to a song. Mm-hmm. So I said I had to say I got to give it myself. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I got to talk about my 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 history, my family, what I came up doing, my hardships. So I just gave it me, and it, it pretty much worked. And that shit, I think that shit sold 800 and something. <laughs> eight, eight, maybe go platinum one of these days. So, so oh, it's platinum. Nah, I didn't do the 50. Yeah, it may have went platinum. Shit, I don't know, but I know it was at 800 and um. Some so I, I was feeling relieved. So now I'm coming home, and I'm saying to myself, "Damn, if I was to been out to make this shit even run more, because I went to jail during that, mm-hmm. I would have been, you know, I would have fucking, I would have murdered it and killed it." But now I'm like, I know formats now. Now I know what to do. I know this shit. I, I got, I got a plan. So I come home, and I think they just wanted me to make, I get high again. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna do that, but I got, a, I got a strategy. I say I make music. Uh, and this was my thing I said I'm an artist I don't know how I'm gonna feel one day so I don't put myself in the box one day I might make the happiest shit in the world next day it might be like a mass murderer song who the fuck knows next day it might be a conscious I said I don't know like I make music Yeah. so now I made I'm black because I've been in jail great record I've been in jail now now I've been in jail for being famous and having money and it's like holy shit I forgot I was black. I didn't forget I was black. But no matter what, you fucking black. This country is the same. You kind of forget that when you get in rapping the thing. So now I'm like, how the fuck did I really forget that? Not that I forgot, but it's like how that wasn't a staple in my, like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. how it wasn't, I was saying to myself, I got caught up in the, in, in the life. And the glamour and glitz and the streets and this and that. And I'm like, but damn, there's so many people. Like, that shit is the slave shit, part two. And I, we don't pay attention to it or we don't say it enough because there's a regular human beings and c- civilians out here. You're not really keeping in mind what's happening to your fellow man that's a human being, that's a that's American or whatever. And then especially for minorities when you see this, how fucked up the sentence is, is when you're a minority, it really makes you feel horrible. So... I was like, I got to talk about this shit, about being black and such and such. And that shit just, they just wasn't feeling me. So I'm like, listen, check this out. I had, do um, you remember I had You're My Favorite Drug? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had You're My Favorite Drug and I had I'm Black. Mm-hmm. I said, I need y'all to put out I'm Black for Black History Month and go fucking crazy. Then right after that. I need you to drop You're My Favorite Drug. Mm-hmm. For Pot Appreciation Month. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, right? Boom. Yeah. yeah. I had it all planned, so they wasn't really fucking when I'm black. They wasn't fucking with the second plan. Then T.I. came out with the stoned, same exact record. Fucking skyrocketed. I was furious. I bet. At the label. I'm like, I fucking told y'all. Like, I I specifically told y'all the design. Y'all was so worried about me making them black and not wanting to support it. And y'all was hiding in it. I said, what the fuck? It's a song. It's the truth. It's real. It's like, what it... Because it was like... When I did that, like, really, there was times I'd be in that office and I was like, this is career suicide. Mm. And I feel it. And I know it. Because, you know, when you first get into the game, you kind of don't know shit. Now we've done... Now we've done... Money, power, respect. Yeah. We've done uh, We Are The Streets. Yeah. I've seen kids do his solo album. I've done my solo album. You can't, it's not, now I'm picking up on shit. Now mm-hmm. I know body language, slick rhetoric talk. Now I know the person who's assigned to my project. Now she's assigned to 50, Banks, Mariah, MJ, I mean, Mary, and somebody else. I'm like, are y'all fucking kidding me? How can that person work my shit like? 
With I said fifties out of the, they got fifty and Mary Blige, Mariah, and somebody else. And I said y'all fucking kidding me. Like you know I'm not paying attention and doing because I would call up like did y'all do? We didn't get to it. Yeah, I was like yo. I told them one time because I already knew they had a problem because before I went to jail they said they wasn't gonna drop my album at Interscope down, downtown. I said and this is the first album. I said y'all know how hard I worked. We had a plan. Y'all know I was going to jail. Told y'all all of this. Prior, I could have not done this and waited. Y'all told me to, I did it, complete, did some, some. I said, and I think this is when they took me serious, so I thought I was crazy. I said, I would hate to burn this whole fucking building down. <laughs> I seriously would hate to come fuck this whole office up yeah. and burn it because y'all lied to me. I said, I'm going to jail, I have kids, yeah. I have a family, and like I'm going to take this personal. It was the stupid thing to do, but <laughs> it took me serious, and the album came out, and so, <laughs> so it worked. So at this time, I'm like... Because that album was fire. Yeah. So, yeah. so at this time now, I'm like, damn, we did that. We are let the locks go. I don't want to be an asshole, and mm. you know... And, and be no drama. So now I'm like, I need to speak to Jimmy myself personally. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I have to speak to Jimmy. And I, I, I love Jimmy for this. I remember sitting down, speaking when I told him, I'm an artist. I explained the whole, I'm black. Mm -hmm. Favorite drug. Explain the whole scenario. Who I am, this and that. And his glasses fogged up. <laughs> he let me right go. And he said, because he didn't have to. And it was the thing, he's like, I, I get where you're coming from. And I know, because he used to hook me up with to to rock with certain artists too. He even put me with a rock group before this and that. So I think he got kind of who I was, where yeah. I was coming from. So he's like, I don't want to do that. And I ain't like that to happen to you neither. So it'd be, you know, my blessings. Wow. But if you want to stay, stay. But if you want to go. So it was pretty cool. And then I just started doing independent shit after that. Um, Just one more thing on, on, on Black. What were your mom's feelings on that, given that I'm guessing she grew up in apartheid? Yeah. My mom loved it. My mom loved that song. My mom loves that song. And about um, I Get High, uh, we were talking about this this morning. Oh, it's the worst edited version I've ever heard of a song. <laughs> it is the worst edited version I've ever heard of any song ever. Did it did it kill Swiss to, to replay and re-sing? I, I think they had to redo that shit like five times. This, I said, this, one, this is why I said, but you know what's fucking crazy? Because... I had to change it so many times because there was words that they were letting everyone else say. And I was like, why can't I say it? And he was like, because of how you rap. I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, that just happened to me on the Locks album, the last Locks album, the re most recent one. I'm like, censorship is a motherfucker. Wait, like, you know what I mean? They, they edited you on, on your 2016 album? Yeah, I got for, um, I said pop a cop. I got uh. censored, worn, flagged. Damn. All kind of shit, and then what I said, change it to? "Then I told them, but I, 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 I um, I referenced this. There's a, I forgot what it is. There's a rock song that talks about popping everybody, mm -hmm. and there's actual bullets flying and shit like that. And he was like, nah, but it's different.' Right when Johnny like, Cash says it, I'm like, why? Right, why right. the fuck is it different? Because I'm black as did. Like, just say, because you're black, and you, you, we assume you're from the ghetto. It's different. I was actually on TMZ for that shit." Really? Yeah, serious, serious shit. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was cool, too. Yeah. Um, but wait, so, uh, yeah, I Get By is, is <laughs> I horrible. Get by. Yeah, it is. <laughs> horrible. Like Fuck the, the clean. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Rough Riders a little bit. When was the first time you met DMX? Well, yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> DMX since I was little. Was he always the same person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, thousand percent, man. Um, thousand fucking percent. And how you pray with him during rap? Not when I was little. <laughs> 
Not at all. I'm doing them. How did it feel like when when he took off and became the biggest artist in the in the country, in the world, everything? Great. I was I'm so happy for two it. number one albums in one year. Like that was X was a star before we was all on. Like he'd been a star. Yeah. He's always been a star. Even in the thing, like he's he's been a star. He always had, he has always been that charismatic, always had that much energy, always been that passionate. I remember shit when I was in jail, actually X was in jail with me that same in <laughs> <laughs> the same time. <coughs> not doing a not doing gangster in general with yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, my yeah. first when I was younger. Right. And I never forget. I remember I'm on, I was actually in D block too. Mm. X was a couple blocks away. He comes get me. Like, yo, dog, what you doing? <laughs> Chilling. He brings me to a double part. I never even seen this part of the jail. He ends up being like upstairs and there's a band waiting with twenty about twenty dudes we gotta rap against. Yeah, we gonna kill him. Like that that's he's always been that passionate. Man. Always been about his business. Always been he's he's always been that. Were you there for the, the J and DMX battle? No, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that. Yeah. Do you, you want to lie about it and say you were? <laughs> no. Nah. nah. I got to lie and say who I thought won. <laughs> um, how about the first time you met Swiss? I feel like I've known him for all these guys forever. I don't remember. I just know him from 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 the lab when we mm-hmm. first started working. And he going super hard. Like, yeah. Swiss used to bang the fuck out, dog. Like, bang, bang out, bang out, bang out. Him, Grease. Mm-hmm. Um, PK, mm-hmm. um, that's that's early Rough Riders' foundation of beats. Like you know what I'm saying? Um, and they they did a fucking fabulous job. When we <laughs> when we saw the the reunion, we were so pumped. Uh, Down bottom was our everything. Like our mm-hmm. everything. Um, had you seen Drag on through the years? A couple times here yeah. and there. Yeah. I mean, it was I just... follow him on Twitter too. Oh, okay. I've seen him a few times during the year. How about the first time you met Eve? Eve is hard. <laughs> I like Eve. Yeah. It's my sister. She still got it. Cool, yeah. She's real cool. Real real beautiful person. Always good vibes. I I used to always um she used to be in the studio working real hard. I used to always see her. Especially when I was working on Gangsta and the Gentleman. Um and things I she would go hard. And I just seen her, her getting better and better and better and better every day. And then just coming into our home. So it's beautiful to see. She was she was born to be a star. How about to be a star? How about when um when the T Rex accident happened? That was rough. That was definitely rough on the riders for D's accident. It was real you know. It was crazy. Anytime a leader gets hurt, you know what I'm saying? Or the captain of the team or something, it's a it's an effect on the team. Mm-hmm. Like it can't help but be an effect on the team. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So those are all like a lot of people that um, certainly our audience knows. Um, one person who they may not know other than us talking about him or, you know, having seen him. And he's obviously been mentioned a lot lately because he passed recently was uh, Ice Pick. And yeah. Ice Pick was Jada's right hand. And yeah. For those who don't know, um, the, you know, Rough Riders and, and Star Trek. and mm, A lot of people. A lot of people. And he was he was real Harlem. Yeah. Can you talk about the man and his life? Beautiful, beautiful man. The most optimistic man I know. Um, could put the battery in your back when needed. Um, very concerned about it all. Always making a place so to involve everybody. You know, picks a, um for us the locks person, especially for Kiss, but for the locks period, that's like it's like we lost a whole couple of departments. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As far as a, uh, it's like if we lost a few flaws of a business, he's a solid foundation. He helps with everything. Like even seriously, like with the last locks album. Before you know, we was working throughout the years, and he'll always come and keep it motivated and keep it motivated because we have plenty of opportunities before Rock Nation to do the Locks album. Some you know, and some we sound interested. Paper not didn't make sense paperwork wise and business wise, but just for somebody to keep you that motivated and always reminds you you're a legend. Y'all legends. Y'all can hold the legacy. So big loss for us. Yeah, great man, great. Great spirits, spirits incredible, cause it takes a lot, and the music business takes a lot from you, which most people don't understand. It takes so much full of shit, people, and so much phony shit. It becomes a headache, and just so much people want to take from you and take your energy, take your idea, take your thoughts, take your love, take your likeness. Do you know? It's it's hard to when you find someone very genuine and given to multiple people. You gotta hold on. You know, so it's a big loss for us. Rest in peace. But big gain for the heavens. I yeah. mean, we lost them physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Energy never dies. Energy is always around. Its presence will always be felt. But just the lack of the physical presence, you know, his name will forever live because we're going to make sure we're going to make sure of that for a thousand percent. But it's a big, you know, you just rare people are like, you know, that it's been a rough one. Then Prodigy. Then Prodigy. Yeah, fucking like, it's like, you know, shit's been crazy. So. Just for, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, shows um, a lot. Uh, you're one of our favorite people to follow on Twitter. Um, Thank you. Uh, we save a lot of your tweets. <laughs> um, but I love how um, normal your life is. Um, I guess that's the word. Yeah. Um, like, I like when you tweet about, like, Seth Meyers. <laughs> like, you're you're in bed watching Seth Meyers with your wife and then talking about, like, Jennifer Lawrence. Like, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like, uh, I like your life. I don't know. Yeah. I'm regular, man. I think, I think the dopest part of being an artist, you know, as I've learned over the years, I guess as I matured, is to just know I'm lucky I'm an artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. That I'm everybody's normal. Like I think that's what I think artists think. Like I'm not normal. Like you fucking lucked up. Like you you caught the luck of the drawing. Whatever you do, because everybody's talented in one way or the other. One like like there's some things people do better than others, and everybody has a talent. So if you luck up to get a job doing what you love to do, and that's what really fucks me up about artists. Like you just rhyme, you shit, you sleep, you eat, you breathe, you bleed. You walk, you're not any better. Fame and recognition doesn't make a person better or more valuable than the next man. It doesn't. It just, we're all human at some point. It's your character and what you bring to the table. If you could sit, a, you could sit Barack Obama in front of me and a homeless man, I'm going to give them both the same respect until somebody did something to make me have a lack of respect for them. So I think we, we're artists. I think you have to be normal. Like, I'm, I'm pretty normal. I'm a pothead. Mm-hmm. I like to laugh. <laughs> I sell fruits and veggies and hardcore raps and <laughs> conscious raps. I'm a fucking weirdo, but I'm a cool weirdo. Like I'm not a not a rapey, creepy, weird weirdo. Like I'm a cool, smoked out, vibey weirdo. Like I'm not, you know. So my weirdoness is like on a cool level. Like you know, because most rappers are nerds too. Like that's what mm. people don't, you know. And it's like, be you. Like that's I'm, I'm a firm believer in being you. Like you know what I mean. If I if I if I didn't believe in being me. 
like fruits and veggies doesn't fit in with my this yeah you know, you're, my, you're over my yeah. overall <laughs> yeah. view of somebody was saying but he was like when I met my first dinner he was like you ain't scared like fuck no cause if you don't fuck with me fuck you I'm not gonna and you said that on yeah. your new record by the way yeah, yeah, which I, I love fuck you like you don't have to you don't have to fuck with me like screw off like I don't <laughs> care if you like me I don't I think we're in a world where people need to feel like they're liked and well, that's admired literally social media. Yeah, like, like <laughs> that's that's what the who gives a fuck, dog? Like, if you like yourself and you feel cool with what you're doing, fuck what everybody says because everybody doesn't give a fuck about you. I'm big on not giving a fuck who don't give a fuck about me. You you're actually wasting time <laughs> if you're doing that. I don't got that kind of time to waste. on a waste of time. With that's it. the real. Do you like us? That's the real <laughs> question. Yeah. Um, one of our favorite people, uh, not just in this business but on this world, is currency. And yeah, uh, a cool dude. he's one of the best dudes That's and one guy. of the best senses of humor ever. Yeah. Um, how'd you guys get to know each other in the first place? I'm going to guess weed. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm going to say pot. <laughs> I want to say <laughs> pot. Yeah. If I was in New Orleans and I, um, I was in New Orleans, I was listening to his mixtapes and I was in New Orleans. And then we just got up, we smoked, and I think we did we did that in a couple hours, bro. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, the first twenty eight that had to be half a day at tops. Mm-hmm. Half a day tops. Like, you know what I mean? It was just I think potheads are the coolest people in the world, like, you know what I'm saying? Especially in the music I'm like in the music industry is you're either gonna be flamboyant cool or flamboyant and cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm either cool with cool and cool flamboyant. Like just flamboyant is like not my cup of tea. Like you know what I mean? I'm too high. Like I just fucking my high up. Like I don't want to fuck my high up. I think um I just like I I repeat I appreciate people who get stoned and have great work ethic. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in what this thing of ours, what we do. If you're lucky enough to have people listening, you should bust your ass and trying to deliver Mm -hmm. to your fans because one day you're not gonna be able to. So that's why I try to bust my ass when it comes to work, and I try well, to pretty but much. What kind deliver. of like weed uh, gets you like slumped? It takes a lot, bro. <laughs> it takes kind of like that. I got to do edibles to slump myself. <laughs> I do. I got to do edibles of the bong. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got to. I got to hit the bong. But um, I've been off Jungle Boys, and um, shout out to Jungle Boys. Shout out to Ivan. Um, shout out to my man Big Burner of course mm. make sure you get the vibes, vibes album we just dropped <laughs> cookies always holds me down you know what I'm saying so I smoke a lot of I smoke a lot of um, I smoke West Coast weed mm. I'm a New York Ninja could've, West Coast could've Lungs could've signed to death row <laughs> New York Ninja West Coast Lungs for sure you know um, I just like I think I think I think um, San Francisco and LA and Seattle and a couple other places just has the best weed in the world and it's a Pretty cool vibe, and I just like to get high. There's a few songs where you have legendary features. Talk about that Rick Ross joint. That he just sent me a beat. You know that I didn't know what that shit was gonna be. He and wasn't I on it. The 24. No, he actually wasn't. He just sent me a joint. I was like, "What you want me to do?" He was like, "Just do what you do." <laughs> and I laid like I actually laid the 24. And then I just I don't know what happened. I thought it was just. I ain't think about this shit. You know, you just do your <laughs> yeah. shit and do your shit. And I remember one day my fucking phone kept blowing the fuck up. Like, yo, I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And then it's like the next day my phone kept blowing. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, And then I was like, oh, okay. 
And then people was hitting me, and I remember on the streets, because I'm like, you know, you get this your thing. And they like, yo. That's the, then it became the biggest song of the thing, and I'm like. Enormous. Biggest. I'm like a lucky <laughs> motherfucker, I say. I know how to luck up, boy. Yeah. Yeah. How about the Akon? I know how to luck up. The Akon feature. That was meant to be. I was fresh off a of jail. I had yep. shit to talk yep. about. He had the song out already. He was working it. I think I just added the magic to it. And, mm-hmm. um, another luck up, man. <laughs> and Luck up, not a lock up. That's right. <laughs> and then um, does it count as a feature when you're... It, it technically was Jada's song, but it's, it's basically you guys. It's the two of you. We gonna make it. And it's if there's any song that I think is like really indicative of who you guys are and what you're about and yeah. the fun and the and the just the the lyrics is is that song right? Yeah. How did that song come to be? I mean, we know we've talked to Alchemist about it, we talked to Jade about it, but what's your what's your uh, version of it? Rough Rider Studio, High Night. Um, we work we we working on Kiss's joint, working on other joints, and. Um, that beat was just magic to me. I really just remember, to tell you the truth, I just remember being dumb high and hearing the beat and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, my, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? And um, I think we was more in the zone, like, this gun. I just felt like it needed that. Like that the back and forth? That back and forth, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause the the tempo of the beat and just the feel of it and it was just I just remember really being high and and when it came on I was like wow like you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. it really it was like really wow and we was in the zone in the pockets of making different shit but that particular beat I felt like Kiss wanted to do it in and out and I was like that shit is perfect for it <laughs> that beat is that beat is like the ultimate because really that's the the boy I remember the most is just. Like this fucking little white guy got the more soul in these fucking what the fuck? Yo? It's my nigga, Al. This nigga's not white. He can't be white. You know I love Al too, man. Yeah. That's my guy, man. You know. Another great sense of humor, by the yeah. way. Um, you know, Alchemist made on black too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I almost forget that one. Nah. Oh, um, you smoke a lot. <laughs> now, um, uh, and then speaking of back and forth. Oh, I was going to say, what were you going to say? I was going to say the, the the Mariah joint. Oh, yeah. Going back yeah. on that, the uh, the Clue remix for um, oh, yeah. We Belong Together. Yeah, that shit was cool. That was hard. Yeah. That shit was cool. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, did you know that you, that uh, there were going to be 26 artists on uh, on the One Blood remix? <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer is no, but I want you to talk what about it. What remix is that? <laughs> the ga- uh, game, One Blood. With like, with like 400 well, people oh on it. yeah nah I don't like think he did it on purpose he was just like this is gonna have the most you know features on it ever and I'm on it was we going in and out or is just like the whole uh, group what is it it's, it's you it's the two of you guys it's, we yeah. did it in and out yeah. no, you, you did in and out on on um a bunch of other, uh, uh, the nice clips blah, 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 yeah 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 blah, yeah. Blah, blah, yeah you're in oh, like yeah. minute like 13 <laughs> yeah like <laughs> I, sometimes I feel you know sometimes unless I'm in a, in a whip with somebody because one thing I try to not do like as an MC just me personally mm-hmm. I don't really if unless somebody's like if I'm when I fresh make a project I listen to it mm-hmm. and I listen to it but I don't pop it in too much after that mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying once it's 
Cause I, I try to move on I think a lot of artists Feel like dope And they get stuck on their shit mm. And then you're like Dick riding yourself too hard And your ego tripping And gassed up right. More than you should be And then that kind of Takes you from Honing your craft I Look I take I take this shit like Martial arts Or how an athlete Would take basketball Or you know A boxer would take training Like I try to Yeah you're like the actor like, Who doesn't watch the movie yeah, Like that you just made <laughs> like, So when I'm in a car On my homies play I'd be like oh shit Like <laughs> I ain't Oh wow I forgot all about that Like you know, because you want to, as an MC, you want to leave a catalog. Like, the, when I, you know, eventually when I'm going, I want to at least have a left catalog as a as an MC. That's the whole point of what I started this shit for. Somebody say, yo, you, you rhyme dope. Everything else that comes with it is a plus or a minus. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everything else is, like I say, a plus or minus. The whole point of it from the jump was to be recognized as being a dope lyricist. Yeah. Do you remember your verse on that Richie Thumbs song? <laughs> if you tell me one, you got one line? If you give me like one intro? Uh, boss in the road, some crossing the toll, boss in the road. I don't know. If I if Sometimes if I hear one line, yeah. I can say it. But I, got, I can't remember. Yeah. When we had Dave East on the podcast... He said that That's my young fellow right there. Yeah, and and he said you were his favorite rapper, and when he met you, it was just like, like you didn't let him down. You were like as great as he thought you were, and then uh, you did work together. And was it on the? Is it on the the burner project? Is it on vibes? Yeah, we got a couple drums. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. They, East is definitely on vibes. East is on there. Um, Scarface is on there. Right. Wiz is on there. Yep. Ty Dollar Sign's on there. Mm-hmm. She Can Kiss is on there. Of course. Um, I'm missing somebody. I'm high. I'm missing a few people. <laughs> um, my son even produced on there. Is that right? Yeah, my son produced the track on it. That's awesome. Yeah. What does he go by? Profit. Spelled like? Profit. Uh, he spells it a weird oh, way. Oh, okay. He's <laughs> millennial. <laughs> millennial exotic. We obviously talked about you stealing from Odd Job, but... Yeah. Um, you said in like an old vibe profile that you did with Chris X, you said that if, if you were caught, if the, if, if the police had found you guys or tracked you guys on the bad boy tour and all the stealing you did from all the convenience stores (laughs) that you'd be locked up for 15 years. Yo, yo, yo. All the convenience store robberies we did, I felt like it was robberies. Like you just, we just, it was like free. Get off, yo! I feel like bandits. Like we were bandits, absolutely beasts. Yeah, on a whole tour, it would be some days I would go and just throw in the twenty on the counter. Like I feel bad. I feel we like just stole everything. Like there's some days I went here still and just watch what everybody else was still. Oh my god! And then check. I never went in a store with like, let me grab some money to buy this <laughs> on Bad Boy Tour. Never, <laughs> ne- not one rest stop. It's like, yo, go over there. Yo, what's the <laughs> soda? It's going. Sometimes I would just literally walk in, grab what I want. There's so many people in the thing, and by the register, kid, I just like it's forty people, twenty some people at the thing. I'm not sitting on this fucking counter. I walk right in, grab what I want, grab this, grab that, walk right out, not sneaking, hiding nothing. And, you know, sometimes we take a whole rack of chips. Like, yo, the amount of time we could have got, like if they, like the internet was popping back then, like that shit now. 
We'd have been on True TV, you know, like the you school. Oh we'd have been on True TV for, on, for every state, though. Oh my every God. state, every stop. <laughs> Boosting was the thing to do, bro. Oh. It was, oh my lord, yo! What we did to them gas stations <laughs> and storage, I feel bad to this day. I, feel, I really feel bad. It's like I don't know why we did that. Man. Oh my god! Do you have any um, Black Rob stories? I love Br. <laughs> Br's my man, huh? Black Rob's a good, good, a great, great dude. I ain't gonna tell you none of the Black Rob stories. I don't think they coach. You. I don't think they coach. You. We'll have to get Black Rob up here. That's right. That's he right. can tell the stories. Most legendary performance. You guys on the all that stage. What's that? What stage is that? That was the Nickelodeon show. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like that. Was that that wasn't Ricky Lake, right? No, no, it was no. Nickelodeon. That Nickelodeon. Um, it was uh, like a children's. Who was the like, host? It, it was a, a bunch of kids. Like it was. It was. Um, okay. It was like uh, a what kid the fuck SNL. Did they book us for? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> book us for that shit. I used to say that or something. Who the fuck booked us? Like. You ever go so uh, well? Sometimes I go somewhere and I be like, "Why the fuck did they bring me here?" It's like, Especially when they say, "Don't smoke." I'm like, "Um, yeah, I know who you. Are. You fucking know who you just booked." <laughs> Wait, why was that stage the best? I mean, just because it was so why unusual. Why was we there? Yeah, why were why. you there? Like, it's, it's they paid us. Yeah, my favorite stage, 2009 Summer Jam, when you guys came out and oh, that's did the loudest like Summer Jam has ever been. When you guys came out to um. The Green Lantern joint. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, D this Block. Is D -block. Oh. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Like, we've never heard anything like that. I remember. We thought so many fucking summer jams. <laughs> that was a good one, though. <laughs> what year was that? 2009. Oh, that was, yeah. 2009. When that came on and it just, like, lit the place City up, it was lovers, unbelievable. Man. We cool dudes. Yeah. <laughs> they cool guys, man. You can't you find guys like this. <laughs> Gotta love these Glocks guys, man. <laughs> Buy their shit. It's iTunes. Check it out. <laughs> Got a shit called Seven with my man Tyler. Quality. Yeah. And I just dropped vibes with Burning. Please buy it. Listen, you went from odd job to making the music business your job. It's pretty incredible. In the juice business. 914 is still the same number. <laughs> Yo, Styles, thank you so much for coming through. Yo, for having so me. awesome to meet you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love, man. Come on through, man. Come fuck with me one day. Yo, we, we, we told, we told, we told Jada, we told Jin, we had Jin up here. We told, we tell everybody, we're like, we're gonna go up there. We also said that we want to bring a, a Jesus for Life to Harrison. to Harrison. I do too. Yeah. Hey. Fuck with Harrison. Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of a Waste Time with It's the Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, it's the real. If people want to find out more about our podcast, a waste of time with It's the Real. And if people want to find out more about that sure to be legendary show at Highline Ballroom on July 26th called The Waste of Time Live with all of our Rockefeller friends. Where can they go? You can buy tickets at itsthereal.com. You can also go and listen to our old podcast at soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. We are also on iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. I'm sure it's the same thing on Google Play and Tidal and any other streaming service yes. for that. You can also go to Instagram at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real. We are also on Snapchat at It's It's The Real and It's The Real Eric because It's The Real was taken. Yes. Jeff, this podcast isn't going anywhere unless we get the word out and we tell friends and family and strangers on the street, roommates and, and landlords and everybody that we run into at the grocery store to spread the word about this podcast. We know it starts with us. So who would you like to tell? 
I want to tell Davey on Snapchat. I want to tell Emilio Estevez, Matt Fastout, FCB22, Boof Bonzer 68 and Mind Statements all on Snapchat. Wow, wow, wow. Because, my, as Mind Statements said, he said, Snapchat is not dead. And <laughs> so I just want to... I mean, I barely use it, but people have been reaching out to me for some reason. Snapchat's so. in, a, in hospice right now. Jeff, I want to shout out to real G Black. Shout out to G Black, who somewhere down in the south, or at least was, when he hit us up with three pictures of one of our favorite places from when we were kids that we never went to, south of the border. So if you're driving along I-95 and you're getting close to the border between North Carolina and South Carolina, for like 500 miles, there are billboards saying south of the border's coming up right south and of the border's coming up they had this cartoon character pedro with a big sombrero and they're all like funny puns and they're all like getting you hyped up to stop at this roadside attraction which our dad was like fuck this place we are not <laughs> stopping at this place and you know that we're going to shout out anybody who stops by south of the border and specifically g black shout out to g black yeah we're trying to get that south of the border sponsorship Ooh. g black did also say that he was riding with the worst driver in the world right well, which was his girl no, i think it's scariest right scary what i what i don't understand the difference between worst and scariest driver but hopefully he's still around to listen to this podcast and the shout out and uh hopefully he can come and listen to our next episode shout out to g black guys go make sure to check out teddy bear fresh our debut rap album alongside currency smoke dizza bun b michael christmas Tunji ige uh jazz cartier just blaze a whole lot of people on there go check that out on spotify and apple music and and all the other streaming services people really fucking with it not for real for real sure sure we'll see you guys next week Brrrah!